Life Audio. Welcome to The Walk, a devotionals podcast for worshipers. Jess Loper is not an artist or a songwriter, but she does shepherd artists and songwriters. And in this episode, she shares a very personal story about how God uses all of us broken people. Here we go. So my name is Jess Loper. Um, in the industry, I think I've been known as Jess Chambers for 20 plus years, but that's part of my story is I changed my name. I grew up in a really small town in West Virginia, a town most people have probably never heard of just to drive through town. And initially, as a little girl, loved music. My parents were super into music. They were young. My mom was only 20 when I was born. Um, My dad was 27. And they, instead of playing with Barbie dolls or toys, taught me music. So it was Crosby, Stills, and Nash, Creedence Clearwater Revival, and Jim Croce. My mom took us to church um, by herself. My dad wasn't a Christian. Um, There's nothing in his life that would have been reckless or inappropriate. He just didn't go to church with us, but she took us every day, every Sunday and Wednesday, rather. And when I was probably about 10, um, I just remember at a revival service, my dad came to know the Lord and and life changed a little. He went with us every week, and he became an integral part of our daily kind of faith life. And I went to a Christian school. I've always gone to Christian schools, Christian high school, Christian college, and now I work for a Christian company. I sort of joke that the Lord doesn't trust me in the world, but I think he's just surrounded me with this as a gift. So I grew up in this Christian environment. It was this idealistic Um, childhood and is surrounded by music I didn't know what a role that was going to play I started out in journalism I think it was my love of words that led me to journalism college I was an athlete I played basketball and loved that my dad was my coach and our team was pretty good but going into college words were my focus and learning to write them and use them in a way that influenced culture was important to me I didn't know how the Lord was looking out for me at that point Fast forward, I moved to Charlotte, North Carolina, and I began writing um, press releases for the Associated Press and Dow Jones and Reuters, and they transferred me to Nashville, almost as if God had written that beforehand. I'd never been to Nashville in my life. I just moved completely on the fact that they needed a senior editor in their second shift um, newsroom, and so I moved, and I happened to realize I was really close to the building that Spare Records was in. And if you're familiar with those old CD jackets, I read them. And I was, I'd grown up listening to Christian music and Avalon and Keith Green and Stephen Curtis Chapman. And the Sparrow logo was on all of those. And so I applied for a marketing job within the, um, what was at the time Sparrow Records. It became EMI and then became Capital. And the Lord, in his way, worked it out. So I ended up in the A&R department, which was kind of the cool kids club, if I'm being honest. I didn't know it at the time. And I was kind of at the bottom of that of that world. But I worked my way up. I just started doing things that nobody else wanted to do. 
so I could kind of put my foot in the door and kick it wide open. And the people that poured into me were in that building. I still owe such a debt of gratitude towards. But I learned just by working in the studio, kind of being the grunt every day and doing things that nobody else wanted to do, whether it was union stuff or paperwork or contracts. But that now pays off for what I do, which I'll get to in a second. And um, working at Capitol, I got to work with artists like um, Steve Green, um, Twyla Paris, and that moved into Hillsong, Amy Grant, which had such an impact on me as a human being. Stephen Curtis Chapman, like I'd mentioned before, Carrie Job. It just kept growing. Everybody, every artist that got brought into that building had such an impact in my life, either before or after I started working there. And I'd been there almost, I guess, about 15 years, and I felt the need to leave in my personal life. Things were changing, and if I'm being honest with you, I knew that I had, I knew my marriage was coming to an end, which wasn't popular in the Christian music industry. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, Jess shares a bit more about her marriage. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. I'm being real and transparent with you. I felt like the worship music I was working on and the life that I was headed into weren't, they weren't congruent. They weren't adding up. And I was afraid I would bring shame to that world. There wasn't a lot of women in our music industry who were moms, which I was at the time, or that were going to have to walk the road. I knew I was going to have to walk, so I left. And I had been um, gone about three days, and one of my artist managers, Toby McKeon, Toby Mack, his his manager, um, Dan Pitts, called me and asked me if I would come work for them. And I did um, a couple months later, and it was just God's way of taking care of me. Toby and Joey um, end up being a soft landing place for a lot of people who've been through some hard things. And so in that um, se- season, after being at Capitol for 15 years, um, I came into Goatee, and I wasn't sure what I was going to do. I started doing film and TV licensing and working with some worship artists, and then one day I needed to be really honest with my boss. And I said, um, I've been married for 16 years, and my husband is gay, and he hasn't told the world, and I have two little boys, and I don't know how to navigate this. I don't know what I'm doing. And he said, well, we're here for you whatever it is, whatever that looks like. And he wasn't wrong. And they were, and they never let me feel like I was alone. So I ended up having to, to close the chapter on my marriage and walk my boys through what that looked like. Um, 
and how the life that their dad had chosen to live was different than the life that we had been raising them in. And then in our industry, walking what it looked like to have that sort of that sort of thing be a part of your story as a woman on top of that. But what continually happened was God brought people that were artists and writers into my life that would be writing stories that affected me as an A&R person, um, that would give me a hope for redemption, that I would not be alone for the rest of my life, that my boys would, would still know what a relationship with the Lord looked like, and that, that what we had to walk together, the three of us, um, wouldn't be something that would take them apart later on in life. And if it was, he'd eventually bring them back to them. So, and I really have to say, I don't know that I would have made it without Toby and Joey. Um, Joey is Toby's first cousin. He runs Goatee. And one of the things he said to me that has always stuck with me is, you know, God doesn't care whether you believe whether or not your ex-husband's lifestyle is okay or not. He just wants to know how much you're going to love him regardless of whether or not you believe what he's doing is right or wrong. And that was huge for me. And I couldn't love him the same way, but he gave me those boys, and I wanted them to know they had a great dad. And even if he wasn't living the lifestyle I necessarily agreed with, that God was going to do a work in his life just like he was doing a work in ours. When we come back, Jess talks about how the Christian music that she was managing, and even some of the songwriters, became catalysts for her healing. Okay, back to Jess to close us out. So fast forward, I get to work with some really great artists and on some really important worship songs in our culture. Um, and that was a gift. I didn't realize that the the worship songs I was working on and the artists that were creating them would be speaking into my life and giving me a hope and redemption idea um, for the future. Five years later, um, I met a songwriter online who pitched me a song and... Um, He'd been in the band Truth for, uh, it was a Christian band years ago, and had gone on to play drums for Joey and Rory, another band in the country sort of Christian music industry. And I was really interested in his songs, and it kind of gave me a new um, energy for working with songwriters. And as I started working with him, connecting him, people wanted to work with him more and more because he had a gift. And one day I went to my boss and I said, I have a problem. The songwriter that I've just signed, I think I'm supposed to be with him forever (laughs) and I don't know what that looks like and uh at Goatee you have grace and love no matter what where you're at in life and they said no we love him we think he's a great writer if he's supposed to be more in your life than a songwriter we'll figure that out and he'd had quite a story too I won't tell his story because someday he'll have to tell it too but he would had a lot taken from him in life Um, and we both had and I think we connected on words and lyrics and God's redemption story and how he could rebuild things that were taken down through music but also just in everyday life and um, now we're married and between us we have three boys Brody is 13 he's my son Jackson is 13 he's my stepson and um, Kellen is my youngest and he's 11 and it's not easy every day is not perfect But usually when my songwriters give me songs, the first person I play them for outside of work is my husband because I know that he's lived um, a very painful story just like me. And I think when, um, when you have a need for the Lord, you tend to go back to him. And so he knows what those songs can do for people. 
And anyway, so we live a life that is very real and authentic and very redemptive. And I think one of the things, if we could offer anything, is just that the Lord uses broken people to do His work. And that just because the story has been written doesn't mean it's over. And hopefully our three boys will grow up knowing that um, God's in the business of redemption and healing and that this is not our home. And even though we get caught up in the day-to-day of it, he has a greater work at story. I mean, a greater story at work. And so it's really cool to get to live with a songwriter who plays music every night, all night long, but then get to work with songwriters. And I just think that the Lord knew early on music was going to be something I had to hold on to. And so getting to work in the music industry alongside the creators of the music industry has been a gift. And so I'm a big fan of songwriters and the songs they write. I remember being a little girl and my mom's favorite verse was Romans 8:28. She would she would bring it up every now and then. I think it meant a lot more to me when I'd walked through my life, but it says um and we know that all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And I believe God's called all of us to his purpose. And and the thing about our faith is that we have a free will. You know, God doesn't make us do anything. The best part of that relationship is that we choose Him. He's always chosen us, but He gives us the space to choose Him. He has this way of taking broken things and putting them back together again. And I would almost rather be the broken thing that He uses because it's stronger. When my 11-year-old Kellen was two years old, he broke his arm. And I remember thinking... I don't know, I'll be so afraid for him to come out of this cast that it'll, you know, he'll never be able to use that arm the way he did before. And when they took the cast off, I asked the doctor, you know, do I need to be careful with him? Because he's got this broken arm. And he said, no, Jess, when you break a bone, it grows back stronger than it was before. And that has never left me. I almost just started crying in his office. And and I've seen that to be true in my life. I never thought I could trust another human being on the face of the earth to be married to them and and to to build a life with them um, based on the rejection and hurt that I felt from being in my marriage before and yet God brought the right one you know and he brought his own wounds and we'd both been broken in ways that allow us to just still come together so if you're out there and you wonder can God use brokenness that's all he wants is brokenness He doesn't want perfection. And if you're trying to make it look shiny and perfect, that's not who he's about. That's not what he is. And I would just encourage you to lean into the parts of you that have had to be stretched and pulled and maybe even broken because that's probably what he wants to use the most. Thank you, Jess, for coming on this podcast and having the guts to tell your story. You continue to show what an incredible leader you are both in our industry and within the body of Christ. We will play out this episode with a song by Nicole Nordeman that Jess worked on called I Am. As always, special thanks to Matt McCarty for producing and Lucas McCarty for editing today's episode. Jacob Fairclough produced our theme song. The Walk is brought to you by Worship Leader. 
I also want to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts. They've got shows about prayer, parenting, relationships, and more. So check them out at lifeaudio.com. I'm Joshua Swanson. Here's I Am. And I said, Life Audio.
Everyone wants to change the world. Capital Ministries is doing just that, one heart at a time by creating disciples of Jesus Christ among political leaders in the U.S. and foreign nations. For more than 25 years, founder Ralph Drawlinger has written Bible studies specifically for public servants. Study along with us and learn what the Bible says about capitalism, communism, abortion, same-sex marriage, and other contemporary issues. Subscribe and follow us at lifeaudio.com or search Capital Ministries on your favorite podcast platform.